Welcome to Divorce Talk with Nicola Beer, a show dedicated to creating change and emotional healing for executives, professionals, and expats in the various stages of marriage breakdown and divorce. Discover insightful strategies to better manage your personal affairs and learn secrets to creating more happiness, love, and success in your life today. Hi, you're listening to Nicola Beer, and this is Divorce Talk. Today I'm going to talk about work stress and how to keep it out of your relationships. Whether you're currently in a relationship and looking to improve your relationship right now, or whether you're coming out of a divorce or going through a divorce, or just single and looking for some relationship tips, I hope that today's article will help you because learning how to keep work stress out of your home and out of your relationships with others is really going to benefit you and benefit your loved one and any children. So that's really the the topic we're going to focus on today. Before I go on to that, I just want to say a huge heartfelt thank you to the people that have left a rating and review and comment on iTunes and have subscribed, because it really means a lot to me, as that's the way that iTunes will know that people find the show useful and helpful. So if there's anything in today's episodes that you've thought is helpful, then I really would appreciate any comment or rating or review that you can do to help boost the show to become more visible so that more people can find help and support that they need. I'm going to start today's topic by giving a scenario of a couple that I've been working with. I've changed the names because obviously for confidential reasons I want to keep their anonymity. But but Erica and Tom... Typically, they get home from work within 10 minutes of each other. And all too often, instead of a loving reunion, they find themselves in an argument that either escalates into a full-scale debate or silent, sulking and blaming each other. Tom, who has an extremely difficult boss, is forever changing his mind on projects and giving him things to do last minute, comes home pretty stressed out by this boss and just wants to relax. He gets annoyed when as soon as he sits down, Erica, his wife, asks him to do something. It could be something small or it could just be moaning at him. Erica's fed up because at her work she's got a team that is massively understaffed and she's got to get a project done that night so she knows she's going to be working at least until sort of 10 o'clock and so she's furious because again there is no food in the fridge when Tom had promised to go and this is how their argument starts so it starts about being around the food uh, part but then it goes into you know there's no food you're so selfish you don't care about me then he'll be like you're always putting me down, don't shout at me, I'm tired too, I've had a bad day and then she'll, she'll come back and say it is important, you know I'm on a diet, you promise you'd get the food, you always let me down, and it just spirals, and something about food can become such a big issue, or whatever issue it is, and the problem is not the food, and the problem is not the issue, the problem is the fact that they're letting the work stress affect how they are relating. So that's really what I want to focus on and talk about today, how can you stop the work stress from escalating and ruining your relationship. Well, as I said, there's no doubt that work is becoming 
uh, more and more stressful in, and, and a big, having a bigger impact in our lives. The reason for that is because couples tend to work over a thousand hours more each year than they did 30 years ago. And this number tends to increase further in expat cities as well as if you're self-employed. What does this, all this extra work mean then? Well, all this extra work means that there's less time for talking, for relaxing, for eating, and for even sleeping. And if you're not having time to relax and to eat and to connect in your relationship and, and sleep, then that is also going to have a negative toll. So if you add a, a difficult working environment and then commuter stress, because commuter stress has got pretty um, hectic, I think more and more people are driving, there's more and more cars on the road, and... I think journeys can be quite stressful as well, especially depending on what part of the world you're driving in. If you're driving in a part of the world where there aren't much road regulations or rules being followed by the the drivers, or if you're stuck on a hectic tube, it's overcrowded or delayed, that can also add a lot of stress on the way home um, from work or to work as well. So all of this can impact your relationship. So I believe the most important thing is really to have a de-stress routine that you understand and that you share. So by understanding, I mean that you understand each other's de-stressing routine. And I'm just going to talk to you, before I go into the 10 guidelines that I'm going to share with you today to help keep work stress from affecting your relationship, I'm just going to talk to you about the stress cycle. Now the stress cycle is not all couples get frustrated with work interfering in their relationships and family life. Quite often, it can be the other way round. That is, some resent and blame their spouse at home for interfering with their job performance and their effectiveness at work. You know, I've had private equity professionals and investment banking professionals that have been annoyed that their wife and their children are noisy when they get home because they want to... Um, or they have to, should I say, finish a piece of work. And they, rather than be annoyed at the work for causing stress, they get annoyed at the family for causing stress that they can't do their job. Clearly, stress either way is not healthy for individuals and for their relationship and just for your overall well-being. So this is what I call the stress cycle because the stress at work causes stress at home and then from that stress at home and the stress of neglecting our health and our family, this will then affect your work performance, which causes further stress at work. And then further stress at work or further stress at home can then lead to bad habits to develop, which may negatively affect your overall performance. Because there are a lot of short-term energy-relieving behaviours that people adapt. When I'm working with people going through their divorce or when I'm working with couples who are going through a difficult time in their relationship, quite often they fall into bad habits like smoking, um, overeating, drinking too much, um, medication that doesn't serve them, or other substances. And these are short-term relievers, but long-term relievers, they're not. And they don't help the situation quite often, and they don't help um, with work stress or other stress. And so as the workday becomes longer and socialising after work is now expected 
And sometimes even on weekends, you know, your boss can be annoyed if you don't go to a work party, if you don't go to work drinks, you're seen as not being a good employee, or, you you know, you, you may be overlooked on promotions if you're not spending extra time in the office then that all of this can add just more stress to your relationship. So I really do think that, you know, some working environments can be um, pretty intense and, and cause a lot of stress on a relationship, especially if one of you finishes work early or, you know, um, has, has a normal routine, a normal working environment, and another person works in a, an environment where, the longer you stay in the office, the more you'll be respected. And, you know, you've got to stay until the boss leaves. And if the boss is there at 9pm at night, then you're there till 9.15 and whatever. And those situations can cause a lot of stress and tension in the relationship. And it's not really needed. So here are some tips. Please feel free to reject what doesn't apply to you and your relationship. And take what you do like from the list. So tip number one is quiet time. Acknowledge that after a long stressful day, you and or your spouse may need time to decompress before interacting with each other. Read, reflect, meditate, lay down, etc. Do something that you really find is powerful and relaxing for you and quiet. Number two is don't take things personally. When your spouse comes home with a dark cloud over their head, or you, and when you're asked what's wrong and you growl or shrug or reply, don't ask or I don't want to talk about it, don't take it personally. You will be doing you and your relationship a huge favour if you're able to simply let this thing go. The last thing either of you need is hostility when you get in the door after a stressful day. So just allow your partner to respond however they want to respond and don't hold a grudge against them. Number three is get perspective. If you're feeling outraged by something your spouse did or didn't do, recognise that you may have blown things way out of proportion because you're feeling tense. Ask yourself, is it really worth a battle over? Will bringing this up now benefit me and the relationship? And how would I react if if they did the same to me. So this is really important because sometimes you may go mad over something like the toilet seat being left up or your glasses being moved or just something really, really small and you're reacting not because of the situation but you're reacting because of the work stress. So just be really aware, you know, that one's really important. Number four is know what each other appreciate. In my marriage counselling, I ask couples, how would you like your spouse to be when you get home from work? Some like to be cuddled and kissed, others left alone until they have unwound. Share and explain your ideal and do your best to accommodate each other. My ideal is for someone to give me a cuddle and a kiss and say welcome home and then leave me for half an hour. Because I need my own time. I need to de-wind and de-stress. Well, that was when I was in the corporate world. But now, because I'm doing what I love, I feel I don't really need that. Um, So it really does depend on the work stress you've got. Maybe you've changed. So it's good to update your partner. Because as work stress changes, 
our preferences change too. Number five is create an unwinding ritual. Some like to go home and go straight to the laptop or iPad and start watching funny videos, reading or catching up on Facebook and Instagram and everything. Others like to unwind by chatting, having a drink or exercising as soon as they get home. Personally, I like to sit in silence for a while and write a list of everything I need to do the next day. So it's out of my head, leaving me ready to engage in the evening. Some couples unwind best when they do things together, whether it's a foot or back massage, cooking, cleaning or talking. Only once you've both had the time to, you need to unwind and feel composed is it a good time to discuss the stresses of the day. Number six is allow an open whining session. If your spouse has had a terrible day, let them share their catastrophes with you. Always be supportive and understanding and non-judgmental. Never say they should never feel the way they feel or that it doesn't matter or that they or side with their colleagues or their boss. You know, nothing can be more annoying if you're explaining a situation that's happened to you, either with work or even could be with your friends, you know, any kind of extra stress. And you're telling your partner and you really need them to say, oh, that's terrible, poor you, Um, you know, really to empathise with you. And to be on your side. The last thing you want after a stressful day, trying to explain yourself, is someone that says, well, your boss was right, or, you know, that's not what you need to hear. You need someone to just be loving and caring and kind. So make sure you, you, you do that. Also make sure that you listen to each other well. There's nothing worse than opening up about something and finding that your other half is not paying you any attention. This can ruin communication for the whole night. Number seven is only give advice if you're asked for it. Many couples, when discussing work problems, get into arguments where one tells the other what to do in their attempt to fix a problem. From my previous relationships and work as a coach, I've learned that giving advice, unless we're specifically asked for it, doesn't go down well. Especially when someone starts telling us what, what to do, in, in a certain aggressive way, we can feel that they just want us to shut up or they don't understand or they don't think we're capable of resolving it ourselves or sometimes, you know, we think that they just aren't interested so they're just trying to tell us what to do quickly so that we'll be quiet. And sometimes it can be very frustrating if their advice is over simple or over um, you know something that just wouldn't work because you can think well if it really was that simple to solve my work problem I would have already fixed it surely and so don't give advice unless people ask for it I know a couple they had a they were struggling and they were working with me and they were struggling because his wife had come home and she'd complain about work and her husband would tell her what to do with the situation and after about three times, she'd come home and she'd say, this is happening at work, and her husband would say, right, okay, just do this. And so they say the third or fourth time she came home and she replayed the scenario, and the husband said to her, you know, I don't want to hear it, don't tell me about it, because if you haven't taken my advice, I don't want to know. So what that led to is over a period of three, six, nine months, I think, before they came to me, she had just been coming home from work and keeping all of that stress in and not communicating with her husband, feeling that she can't talk about anything that's happened to her. 
And so their cold communication broke down, and it was it was really bad for the for the relationship because they then didn't communicate. And what she really needed is was was for her husband not to say do this or do that, but just to listen. And if she asked for advice, you know, asked for it, but not to cut someone off and say they can't talk about something if they haven't followed your advice, because it can cause a lot of tension. Empathy is often all that is needed to connect and feel supported in a relationship, especially after a stressful day. So I recommend that you avoid giving any advice and just show interest and ask them if if you can help them in in a way, anyway. Listening is, is so important and the best way to show that you're listening is to obviously have eye contact and to, to look them in the eyes and nod your head and sometimes repeating back what they've said and saying, oh, right, so, you know, and just just making sure that they know that you've really understood and you're really listening and you're giving them your full attention. Number eight is limit the time talking about work. Whilst it can be beneficial to share the stresses of the day, constantly talking about work can drive each other mad. Limiting the whining session to a 30-minute debrief will help you avoid spending the whole night complaining about work problems. Get this out of the way before you have dinner and relax and unwind for the evening, or before you go out and do something fun. Number nine is balance negative with positive. Once you've got the stressful stuff out in the open, help each other feel better by talking about non-stressful things or being affectionate. Laughing, joking, gossiping, planning your weekends and holidays all create a good feeling inside. They also bring you closer together. Watching comedy or reminiscing over the good old days and the fun times can be a great way to laugh off the stress of the day. All those in my divorce coaching programs find that my comedy list is really helpful because I have a list of all comedy that people can watch and... um, they, they really enjoy it. And, and that's something I make people do when they're on my Create a New Life After Divorce program. I'll say, look, listen, you know, list all of the things that make you laugh, all your favourite films, and then they have got, like, a go-to comedy list to, to use. Number ten is disconnect from electronic devices. And I'm just going to talk to you about this for a bit because I really feel it's important it's truly amazing what technology can do for us these days, isn't it? You know, how it and how much it's transformed the way that we communicate. You can WhatsApp someone in an instant, anywhere in the world, for free. That's just amazing. And anyone these days without a phone would be considered weird. Most of us have a phone. Some have us two phones. And most people now also have an iPad and a laptop as a way to... Um, used to to de-stress and and to check their emails and things like that. Many people, after work, they go home, switch on their iPads and phones and de-stress using social media or just scrolling the news. Others continue to work on their devices. If work is an area of stress in your life, by continuing to work in your home and around your spouse, you run the risk of bringing in more tension. So many of us are glued to our phones now, but taking calls and reading emails through dinner, in the bathroom, in children's story time, or even bed, is not a healthy way to live. At some point, we must learn to deconnect, otherwise we won't get the the, uh, break that we need to thrive. Strategies that have helped couples that I've worked with include an hour break set aside for dinner and talking time or having a switch off point in the evening so like nine o'clock or ten o'clock or eight o'clock where you both say that 
at this time we're going to switch off. Others who, like me, you know, I do love doing my work and I do want to make sure, uh, because I do have people I'm coaching in New York and in Singapore and in Australia and London and I'm based in Dubai. So I do coach people online all around the world. And so I like to, to, to check my emails. So I just say to myself, like, I'll check them two or three times a night, once an hour, something like that. So it's not affecting my whole night and I'm still engaging in with whatever I'm doing, but I'm still checking and making sure that I'm available if my clients need me. So that's how, how I do it. But you do something that works for you, but don't be on it all the time, checking all the time, because you're not really giving yourself a break. I do know that some employees, employers and clients expect us to be contactable all the time. But what we must do is um, make sure that we're, we're getting a balance that we can cope with. Because if you're reading an email anyway, and this is what I found when I was in my um, previous job, if you're reading a work email anyway, the chances are that you can't really respond until the next day, until you're in the office and you've got everything that you need to do to respond effectively. So what you're doing is you're just doubling your workload. You're not working smartly or efficiently because you're reading an email and then the next day, and you're thinking about it on your mind, it's processing, you're working in that time, and then you're going into the office and then you're reading it again and actioning it. You're just doubling your workload. So just have a time where it's like, now I'm not going to check this email. Or, you know, have the discipline if you can see it on your phone and think, well, I'm not going to open that email because I know that that person's going to require me to do this and I can't do it now, you know. So just, as I said, do what works for you. Any of you not know what feels right for you. But if it's affecting your relationship, then it's really important because no one wants to feel that they're not interesting or that, you know, that they've been replaced by your, by Facebook or Instagram or whatever the latest gadget or something is. You know, people like to feel wanted and in my dating coaching, so I help people after divorce to find someone new and heal their past and then create a nice, loving environment. Um, I was working with a lady called Fiona, and she was dating this guy called, guy called Dave, and every time she met him at a bar, he would have his iPad and his phone with him, and he'd be checking things out, sport, football scores, rugby scores, cricket scores, general news, emails... Um, his WhatsApp group at the pub, his WhatsApp group um, from back home. You know, and anyway, he was constantly on his um, his iPad and his phone. And um, she just thought, well, am I really boring? Am I unattractive? Why, when we go out on these dates, is he bringing these devices with him? And she had had sixteen years since she was last out dating because she'd been married for twelve years. Um, they were together two years before that, and she was single for two years. So she'd you know had sixteen years where she hadn't been dating, and she wondered if his behaviour was normal. And obviously, I, I I said, well, I haven't been on dates like that, and I certainly um, don't think that you know if if you're feeling that unattractive and uninteresting is is not very good for you. One of the things we do in my dating coaching is we do list um, what people want in a relationship and whether they're going to get that. So whether that whether that person has that, so that they know exactly 
what they'll want. So they'd save energy and time dating the wrong people, basically. And it was funny because um, he didn't match most of the things on her list. So I said, well, why don't you go out next time and just try and engage with him more? So she tried this and she suggested that they don't look at their phones for a bit and just engage and talk. And um, when he kissed her goodnight, he said to her, do you know what would be really great next time, Fiona? And she said, what? And he said, "Um, bring your iPad with you and then we can both be on our iPads checking things out. And um, called me attention-seeking or old-fashioned, she said, but I can't be with a man who's double-dating me with a machine. And uh, so she left that. So, in summary, work stress can affect your relationship if you let it. But it can also bring you closer together through sharing and supporting one another. If work stress becomes chronic or has led to depression, I recommend that you get support quickly. I've worked with couples where he just couldn't stand his job and couldn't quit because of family commitments, and his whole personality changed because of this work stress. He became depressed, unmotivated, disengaged, and was taking it out on his family. Working together, we looked at ways to decrease the stress, find a new career, improve the way they were relating. Make sure that you act before it's too late. If one of you is depressed by work, you know, get get in touch um, with someone, get some support. You're welcome to... Uh, visit my website www.purepeacecoaching.com and book a complimentary session and we can try and work out how we can improve your relationship and decrease decrease some of that stress. Well I hope that this has been um, useful for you today. I will have another podcast about more work problems and how they affect relationships and how you can avoid them so be sure to look out for that. I just want to say that also on my website, if you go to www.purepeacecoaching.com, I do have two ebooks um, on the homepage. And on the homepage, one ebook is Seven Secrets to Saving Your Marriage. And there's also 10 simple steps you can create now to creating a new life after divorce. So one of these may be relevant to you. So if you want to take advantage of that, then um, please be my guest. Well, thanks very much for listening and I wish you all the best and looking forward to connecting with you in another podcast. Thank you for listening to Divorce Talk with Nicola Beer. If you have enjoyed the program, please leave a rating and review on iTunes so more people dealing with marriage breakdown and divorce get the support they need. If you want more great free resources, such as secrets to a happier relationship, moving on fast after divorce, or tips on parenting through divorce, be sure to visit www.purepeacecoaching.com today.